0: All right, everybody, welcome aboard to the Friday episode of Locked On Avalanche, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Chris Maselli, along with Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, a crossover Friday for you guys. We are going to be uh, joined momentarily here by Dane Lewis from Locked On Stars. We probably want to get some uh, crossovers within a division done within the next few weeks um before the season starts so uh why not start doesn't matter where we start but dallas is always a good place to start uh i hate when the avalanche go there so uh we'll we'll meet up with dane uh in a moment but first we are going to talk that nathan mckinnon has talked about his pending contract i don't know about you man it took some weight off my shoulders Let's get to it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your
1: daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right. I, I, I think we all knew it was going to, you know, he was not going anywhere. And we were hoping that it would get done, even if it didn't get done this offseason. I think you know we'd still have confidence that it would get done next off season, but I've been watching sports long enough to know nothing take nothing <laughs> for granted. So, uh, but what Nathan McKinnon said the other day kind of honestly put me at ease. So we will talk about that in a minute. But first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow us on our social media outlets: LOP and underscore Avalanche. Twitter, locked on avalanche uh, on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, Mr. Shaggy. Uh in Vegas, there is the NHL Players Media Tour, and, and Nathan McKinnon is there. And he spoke and he did not really <laughs> mix words. He Was just asked, you know, what's what's the status with the contract and the extension? And he said, flat out, he, he's anticipating it getting done quote unquote soon. And soon meant before opening night. So, uh, the, I, there was another quote somewhere about I didn't hear him actually say, um, it's going to be big. They asked, so, uh, I know Elliot Friedman asked him, you know, he kind of prefaced asking him the question by saying you know it's out there that you might be in the realm of Connor mcdavid money and he brushed that off and just kind of said like well uh let let my agent handle that but kind of like snickered when he said it um but who is it jonathan uh matt matt i think it's matisse i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing sure yeah he put in quotes uh that it's not going to be in a single digit i don't know who said that might might have been his agent who said that and i think we're all assuming that it's not going to be in the single digits uh i guess forget the number are you just relieved at what mckinnon said and that we should be looking forward to him in avalanche colors for beyond this year which he's under contract for obviously
1: I mean, it's Nathan McKinnon. Mm. If it's not us, then everybody, all 31 other teams are going to be backing up the Brinks truck, making a new dollar bill, put somebody else's face on it just to pay him. Like, yeah, whatever the number is, there's no, it's like if you're a huge Nathan McKinnon fan or if you're just a Nathan McKinnon appreciator, there's not a lot of Nathan McKinnon haters out there. So wherever you fall, whatever the number is going to be, whether it's single digit, double digit, there's not going to be anything to really pick it apart because he's going to be a member of the avalanche and it's going to be a core piece that the avalanche will have for years to come. So, I mean, what can you say negatively about it? Like he deserves it. He's earned it. We have a shiny cup. like mission accomplished.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Like if his heart was really like, you know, like Johnny hockey wanting to go back east coast and stuff you know what i mean like if yeah. his heart was really to go more towards home which would be east coast um he might say no i'm not signing anything i won my cup here i i, I did my you know I, I crossed everything off uh my time in in colorado and you know now it's time to go back home I, he, he didn't say that he said i want to spend my entire career in color like just at at this press conference he said it so um and and again it's all stuff that we kind of figured and assumed but to hear him say it out loud when asked directly um it does it just it just makes you feel good that yeah one of the best players in the league likes it here and wants to stay here for the foreseeable future and uh on the 32 thoughts podcast i put this up on twitter um friedman asked him so the d de- the the path of a, a deal getting done is 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 there and there's nothing he literally said there's nothing to worry about and mckinnon answered yeah totally i was i was driving in my my, my truck when i was listening to that and i just settled into my seat a little bit more when that happened <laughs> like oh yeah all right now we're just cruising on the highway right now because i'm i'm to- yeah. this is a good car ride home i'm telling <laughs> you man know, It just it just took
1: again you I went know. from
0: megadeth to mumford and Sons. Yeah. just put in cruise control <laughs> yeah Ani DeFranco, I went to after that. Yeah, um, I did. Man, I just it's it's like I said, I was like ninety nine percent confident that he, he was going to sign, but I've seen that one percent kill me in the past of yeah. uh, a you know a player that I you, you grow to love and want to stick around, and they don't. So um, feels good.
1: And, and feels we talk good. about this team like they're always in the shadow of the ninety six two thousand one team. Sounds like Nathan McKinnon's about to be our new Joe Sakic. Like start his career and end his career right here. So be awesome.
0: Be awesome. So uh when it does break, whenever it happens, um we'll definitely be talking about that because it's gonna have some implications on the abs no matter what. And it will be interesting to see what that number is because he knows if he goes too high, he's gonna he's gonna hurt this team. He <laughs> could potentially hurt this team. Uh, in the short term, maybe not in the long term, because the cap is going to go up in another year, maybe two. Um, but that's a lot of stuff to talk about whenever that deal gets signed, and we will definitely talk about that. What we are going to do right now is join up with Dane from Locked On Stars. You're looking around for something. I don't know what you're looking around. I'm looking for. for Dane. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to join him. But first, we got to hear from Bet Online. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info for this season, of course, with the NFL season underway. uh, Big gambling sport, so head on over to BetOnline to get all of your gambling needs and news right over at BetOnline. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, of course, hockey, and, of course, football. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts all right it's me it's shaggy it's dane let's hit a crossover
1: Dane,
2: (laughs) welcome in everybody to this crossover edition central division preview for the dallas stars and the colorado avalanche this is dane lewis host of locked on dallas stars joined now by both hosts of locked on colorado avalanche chris massili and kyle sullivan and Fellas, hockey season is upon us. It's almost—it's that time of year where preseason's about to get started. Training camp is right around the corner. How are you guys feeling with uh, you know you guys covering not just any NHL team, but the defending Stanley Cup champions?
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, it's a feeling we haven't had in a while. <laughs> so <laughs> it's—I uh, <clears throat> don't know. It's—it's it's a different team, believe it or not. Then, uh, the, 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 the the big names are still there clearly um but you know so that's good but your depth guys are is some of it has changed not all of it but some of it and and the question is is uh the the sum of that um is that good enough th- as as last year um i think that remains to be seen and the, and the big question marks right now are uh, you know i think after Signing Rodriguez, it doesn't, like, slam the door on, like, okay, like, we got Nazem Khadri's replacement. Um, it helps. But I think now the focus, uh, where it was, you could say, like, that's eh, the the 2 C and goaltending. I think it's all goaltending now for the Avs. I think that is the, all right, let's cross our arms and see what we have. And other than that, I mean, I think they've done a really good job keeping the team mainly intact. So, yeah, you feel pretty good.
1: Yeah, especially like Avalanche fans going into this year, when you're seeing all the moves that uh, McFarland and Sackick made, where it kind of looked like we were keeping the band back together, like putting them all back together. Everybody's kind of staying in-house. You're not really making those landmark moves. And you kind of are like, well, what are the Avalanche going to do next season to try and defend that cup with this same team? Are they going to run it back? And with losing players like Burkowski, Kadri, like the list goes on, like the the depth players like Chris mentioned, they're not there. And then now signing Rodriguez, you're there's kind of this excitement with the fan base right now. It's how are the ads going to put this together now? Like there's kind of like a renewed fire where it was kind of complacency for a little bit. You're like, okay, we won the cup. That's great. We finally climbed the mountain after 21 years. Like now, where do we go now? This excitement on how we're putting this team together, what the goalies look like. We're looking forward to training camp. Like, this is exciting to be like defending Stanley cup champions and have something else to prove how we can make this roster work.
2: Yeah. Defending a title always difficult in any sport, but especially, you know, in the NHL, whenever you lose a bunch of key depth pieces, like you guys said, a lot of the the big names are there. Uh, McKinnon, McCar, Landis, Gog, and so on and so forth. But you guys touched on the the goalie situation. That's something that I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts on. Obviously, Darcy Kemper has now gone on to the Washington Capitals, which leaves you with you know one new goalie and seemingly one returning goalie uh, with Pavel Franso's, and of course Alexander Georgiev coming in being the the replacement uh, quote unquote replacement for Darcy Kemper. What are your thoughts on on the goalie situation for the Apps going into this season? Because Obviously, Kemper did a, a good job. All things considered, not the best goalie in the yeah. league, but obviously did enough to get the team a cup. So, what are you guys' thoughts on this goalie tandem going into this year?
0: Uh, so, this is where your hosts of Lockdown Avalanche uh, kind of disagree. So, for me, it's it. I didn't like the move. Um, I thought they gave up too much for him, and and I'll actually, you know, before I go into this, I really should preface this by saying I hope I'm completely wrong. You know, I have no problem if this dude is like, you know, the uh, and and the Rangers are sitting there like, oh, we should have got rid of Shostakin instead. Like, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I, that's clearly not going to happen. But um, if he's if if he is on the level, at least Darcy Kemper, um, I will be happy with that because what we got out of Darcy Kemper was the Stanley Cup, and he wasn't his best in in the postseason. He was really good in the in the regular season. Uh, but you know the stick in the eye after that really he kind of just i think that lingered around a lot more than he let out but as far as your gift is concerned like it it is a complete wait and see it's a total you have to to prove to me and if, if if the Avalanche were in a different position i might feel like okay like you know i know we're a team that's that's on the rise and and if we haven't won a stanley cup yet and you know, they want to go this route. I'd still question it, but I could see it. But for me, for a team that is the defending champion, I want the goalie position shored up a lot more than a question mark. And that's completely what he is. He's got the talent. And, and you know, he where he was in New York, he wasn't getting the, the playing time. And I understand why. And maybe that's it. Maybe he just needs to get more playing time. And, you know, it what they did with Kemper and a lot of people were like, you could put uh, you know, a, a sleeping duck in net, And with that defense, you'd win a ton of games. I get that mindset for the Avs. It just doesn't make me comfortable. So I, I'm, I'm rooting for him. He's wearing avalanche colors. I'm clearly going to root for him. It's just not the route that I would have gone, but we, you know, Kyle and I always go back to trust in Joe. <laughs> And you know, Joe Sakic seems to have the Midas touch with so many things, so I I have to give him a benefit of the doubt and uh, and and put my trust in him. But it's uh, it's it's a wait and see for me.
1: Yeah, and when uh, Gorgiev came in, I was excited because I was I'm a Pavel Francos fan. Um If you mm-hmm. paid attention to the show, like I I'm a huge Francos fan. So I thought he was going to get the number one spot like i thought this was his job and then when we brought him in like it was draft night when Sackick said oh no he's the clear number 1 here so then my tune kind of changed i was like i was kind of excited cuz i thought oh that's a great backup that'll be fine and then now it looks like it's the other way around yes i was like chris chris mentioned about the the sitting duck back there like with that defense in front of them you don't have to do a lot like we made uh we made Grubauer look good. We made Darcy Kemper look good. We had Michael Hutchinson win us a game in the bubble. Like, it it doesn't take a lot with that defense, but the caliber of goalie that both Franzosa and Georgiev give, like they are, they're not bad. It's not like we are we're going out there with a, a no name goalie. Like these are proven guys that want to be a starter somewhere, and what better place to be a starter than the defending Stanley Cup champion?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that I think that's something that people can, you know, overreact to in saying, you know, oh, Colorado doesn't have this big name goalie like a Shesterkin or a Vasilevsky, but the team still, like you said, that defense outstanding, that offense is going to score a ton of goals. So you just need to have a, a somewhat competent player in that crease, and you're more than likely going to be set up for success night in and night out. So it'll be really interesting to see how that situation unfolds in Colorado. and you guys touched on this earlier as well a couple of minutes ago with some of the big offseason departures for the Avalanche. Probably the biggest one I would say is, is of course Nazem Kadri going to you know the Colorado Aval- or uh, the Calgary Flames rather. Got my, my C teams mixed up. <laughs> uh, going to the Calgary Flames um, and, and that team certainly building to be a contender in that Pacific Division. How big is a loss like Nazem Kadri? Because he kind of came not necessarily out of nowhere because people knew who Nazem Qadri was going into this past season, but he just played, you know, above expectations and was such a key piece for that cup run. So how big is a loss like that? And, you know, you talked about Rodriguez joining the team from Pittsburgh. Who, who is going to kind of have to step up and be that next Nazem Kadri type player for this team?
0: I'll let Kyle go first on this one because he's, he's the Nazem Qadri
1: fanatic. So uh, I'll let him go. I cannot tell a lie, yeah. I'm a huge Nas stan. Uh, I was a big fan of his, like he was my favorite player in the league before he even came to Colorado. So I spent all of his tenure here defending him. And last season, like with everything that went on, like in the blue series and him changing his game and not being that goon that everybody knows, like taking that hockey IQ approach to his game. Yes, it was easy to fall in love and stand with Nas. Yes, it's going to be, it's almost impossible to ask anybody to replace Nas's role on that roster. And it's not fair to ask even Nas to replace his production from last year because he doesn't put up those kind of numbers. Like those were, those were crazy numbers. And I doubt that he sees that same kind of production in Calgary. Like that's just not what Nas does. So to ask somebody to be Nas is, that's a tall task. To find somebody to be a 2C. Erod was brought in to possibly be a 2C. You have JT Comfer, and then insert center name here. That's what training camp is exciting. That's what made it exciting. And a lot of Avalanche fans are watching for that sole reason who steps up from the Colorado Eagles, who steps up on this roster, who wants to be the 2C. Right now, penciled in, it might be Erod.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're naive enough to just sit here and, and blow smoke uh, because we, we host an Avalanche show like, oh, we'll be just fine without Nazem Kadri Like, no, we won't. It's, that is a big, huge loss. Um, and, not, and aside from the numbers that he had last year, I, I think it would have been fun to see what he could have followed up last year with in an Avalanche uniform uh those numbers were just nobody thought they were coming um it so it would have been kind of fun to see could he match that could he surpass that or does he come back down to kind of Nazem Kadri numbers and you know your mid to high 50s maybe you know, touching 60 that's kind of where he's at um and i think you know it, it surprised me a little bit if i don't know where the numbers were with the avalanche like i haven't heard anything on if they were close, if not, I have to think that they were a little bit close if it went on as long as it did. You were hearing he was gonna keep the ads informed on where everything stood. He, he kind of felt like he owed that to them. Um, and for it to go on that long kind of told me that the ads were kind of in the mix for it. And and they they hadn't they've done this with so many free agents. Like they are they they have a number and they do not budge. You have to give Chris McFarland and Joe Sakic credit for that. Uh, they they know what system they want to play in terms of the numbers and the salary cap, and they're not moving off of it. And a lot of it is because of you know some contracts that are on the horizon with obviously Nathan McKinnon. You have Bo Byram and Alex Newhook who are due contracts next year. So I think they wanted to bring him back, and they just couldn't make the money and the term work. And now we have. Like I was saying, with the question mark with the goalies, yeah, there is a question mark at two C. You're not with, with what we have. The abs didn't go out and replace or get a replacement that could match what Nazam Kadri can do. So what they have are good players uh, that need to take a massive step up. And I think you know it. It is. I think the two guys that could are are Rodriguez and Newhook. Um, we, we've had JT confer around for long enough to know. I don't think he's that guy. I don't think we're, we're JT confer is not going to go from scoring 20, 30 points to miraculously 60. That is not going to happen. Uh, it's possible with new hook cause he's young enough and he has that talent, maybe a little bit too early. And with Rodriguez, he's kind of a, a miniature version of Nazem Kadri in that last year was his best year by far. So if you put him on an Avalanche team, can he bump up his numbers a little bit more? I think that's more likely.
2: Yeah, it really felt like for a minute in the off season that Kadri might come back and I know the Stars were in a similar situation with with John Klingberg. It had been rumored since like last Thanksgiving that he was eventually probably going to leave Dallas unless he got some sort of, you know, lengthy extension and free agency comes and he's probably the the biggest name defenseman on the market and he doesn't go for a while, but you know now he eventually mm-hmm. does move on to a team like Anaheim. So was such a, an interesting story to follow throughout the summer, but certainly a uh, quite a big hole to you know to to try to fill in with a young player or a veteran player. Um, but I mean the Avs still have those really good pieces, and you know someone is likely to step up and and still provide some nice depth for this Avalanche team. But now we can uh, we can take a second and, and flip the script here and open up the floor to you guys to ask any questions about the Dallas Stars that your listeners may, may want to know, or that you guys may want to know personally. Uh,
0: I, I want to throw something out there right away. And, and it's, you know, if, if I know our our listeners know that I'm not a fan of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's kind of like that thing. It's like, if a player leaves the Golden Knights, uh, do I still hold it against them that he, uh, at one point in time wore those colors or should I just let it go? Hmm. Uh, and now is the case with the coach. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think for players it's a little bit different, but for for DeBoer, like he has a, a, you know, he's got an attitude about him, which it's it's one of those things where it's like if he's coaching your team, you probably love it, and if he's not, you really despise it. So having not coached a game yet for for Dallas, what was the the mindset of of the hire? Was did they like the hire? Was there other guys? involved that they would have preferred and now that you know it, it didn't they did settle on Deboer. is that
2: is that met with uh applause by the stars fans uh it, it, there's a lot that goes into that answer i know on the team mm-hmm. side of things they really liked that hire um i mean jim nill the front office obviously, you know, outwardly you're going to express that during his opening press conference, but there was just a, a, you know, very genuine aspect to it that they were excited that he was there. Obviously, Joe Pavelski being a member of the Stars team had a huge influence um, on that hire, and Pavelski, you know, basically told the front office, you know, in meetings, he said, yeah, if you can get him, go go get Peter DeBoer, just because there is that relationship. They had a lot of success in San Jose, and Pavelski is still playing at the top of his game. Um now on the fan side of things it was a little bit of a different reaction initially Hmm. um it was it was a relatively negative one not you know end of the world type attitude but even for myself i think it was just kind of man this just feels like a, a very bland and safe hire um there had been a few other names thrown around um some you know coaches like i know uh cassidy who you know coming from boston who now is in vegas his name had been thrown around a little bit um And just a few other candidates as well that some of them had little to no NHL coaching experience. Some of them might have been coming from, you know, a junior club in Canada. But, you know, there was kind of this idea that maybe the Stars, you know, reach on a guy, but, you know, maybe that reach pays off. So it, it felt kind of bland, safe. Uh, maybe, a, you know, just a basic pick at first, but I think people have kind of come around to it, myself included. If you do, you know, your research and your homework and you see what these Peter DeBoer teams are capable of, especially early on in his time with his respective teams, uh, he has the effect of, you know, either going to the Stanley Cup finals or the conference finals with his past three teams in his first season. Um, and, and of course, you have that Pavelski connection and you have some really young, talented offensive players that he can utilize and even. Defensively, Brent Burns had some of the best years of his career in San Jose under uh, Pete DeBoer and Miro Haskinen is starting to enter the prime of his career, and he's now the the primary defenseman here in Dallas. So I think as time has gone on and, you know, you kind of just sit back and think about everything logically, that, that the hire makes sense. And I think that there is reason for optimism this season uh, that the Stars can go out and compete um, and hopefully, you know, push for a spot in the playoffs. And then once they're there, make some noise.
1: Interesting. that both chris's question and your follow-up kind of lead into what i was about to ask in the words of the great prophet dodger from oliver and company why should i worry why should (laughs) i care care? (laughs) um what is voiced
0: by voiced by
1: that uh uh come on come on
2: come on
1: all right this going long enough yeah um, uh it's billy Joel. yeah billy I Billy I i keep thinking of the stadium Yeah, (laughs) but to the, um, to why, what is Dallas trying to chase? Are they trying to chase that cup finals appearance or are they trying to put together a team to compete with the central? Because, uh, when you look at the roster moves and you mentioned earlier, Klenberg leaving, what is going on with Dallas and with it's, I mean, the central is kind of top heavy. And there's a clear separation between the top and the bottom. Where does Dallas fit and where are they going?
2: Yeah, that, that's a great question. Maybe the like the best question I've been asked in all of these central division previews, <laughs> um, and one that is like making me possibly rethink everything I've thought about this team. And I, I want to say that there are potentially pursuing both obviously every owner every coach is going to say we want to win the Stanley Cup this year Um, if a coach in Arizona Montreal or Chicago says it this year they're lying to you but they're going to say that you know to open the season but Dallas I think that 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 is a genuine belief just because you have less than last year but a small handful of players that are out of their prime or in the twilight of their career whether that is Pavelski Jamie Benn isn't the player he once was Tyler Sagan Also, not the player he once was, even though there is hope that maybe he can have a little bit of a turnaround now that he's had more time to recover from his seemingly a million surgeries after their time in the bubble a couple years ago. And so the stars are just in this weird place where they're kind of ushering out this older generation. And still, I think one, I mean, and they have to hold on to Ben and Sagan for a while. I think we have Ben till 2025 and Sagan till 2027. And both of them combined take up about a quarter of the cap space. And so that makes things difficult for the Stars to build, you know, a team for the future. But they're still attempting because they do have some really nice young pieces and rope hints. Jason Robertson, who is still unsigned. I was hoping through one of these division previews, you know, that I I would eventually say, oh, he's still not signed. But then, you know, later that day or that evening, he signs and I look dumb. But it's worth it because Jason Robertson's back. Um, and, And it's funny. Kevin Weeks actually tweeted. I have his notifications on. And he tweeted something about the North Stars. Not the Dallas Stars, the Minnesota North, but it caught my eye for like half a second while we were recording, and I I thought I was about to react to Jason Robertson signing mid-podcast, but I digress. The Stars have some nice pieces, and even at the prospect level, Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, Maverick Bork, some really nice prospect pieces that are expected to be on the NHL roster within the next season or two, so... I want to say that it's realistic. The stars can compete in the central. I don't think they're going to compete for a top spot, maybe a third place finish. Um, I think that's probably, you know, the highest they could go with in the division. And then I think they showed last year that they, they can certainly, you know, be a problem in the playoffs. I don't think many people expected seven games from them in that series against Calgary, but you know, they were one Johnny Goudreau shot away from, you know, potentially being on the opposite end of that scenario and advancing to the next round. And, you know, who, who knows how far they go after that.
1: That's, um, and like, I just want to follow up real quick on that because I'm, I'm genuinely curious about Dallas because hearing, like, the aging contracts and a promising prospect pool, it's very reminiscent of the other green team in the Central. And they had to buy those ugly contracts out and rely on their flashy krill the thrill. Is it going to take one of those type of moves for Dallas to take another step? Or do you think the the dallas stars with the sum of its parts is good enough to contend
2: i i mm. see i the the problem with buyouts especially with like a sagan bin deal is they they can't like one of them they would have to like murder a puppy or something for the stars yeah. to get rid of them <laughs> i mean you you just can't it like statistically you want to do something to either you know cut down how much you're paying them or maybe you know get rid of him. I, I mean, as harsh as that sounds, but Jamie Ben's been your captain for so long and Sagan alternate captain. I, I mean, you just like, those are just hard guys to get rid of. And, and I think that's, you know, what is holding the team back from going out and making these massive off season moves. And they go out and get Mason Marchment from Florida. That's a nice addition, but that was really kind of the, the pinnacle uh, of their off season acquisitions. Colin Miller from Buffalo, nice piece, but not going to, you know, change your, your team dynamic defensively. So, Yeah, I think that you know there's still hope that they can contend. I think we saw even a couple years ago, um, you know, call it call it whatever you want—a fluke or you know a kind of a a lucky streak run in the bubble. But I mean, that team competed through those first three rounds of the playoffs, and then even in the Stanley Cup, they just ran out of gas. And that Tampa team seemed to still be hitting its stride then, and Mm -hmm. you know, even even this past year, I think that there were a lot of times where the Stars could have easily rolled over and kind of died off throughout the majority of the regular season, but. They, they kept fighting and they kept pushing on and competing with teams like Nashville and Vegas and even, you know, Vancouver who hung around longer than I thought. So if anything, I, even if people, you know, say, Hey, this team's not going to compete, or even if it looks like they might not be able to, the Dallas stars we've seen over the past few years are, are at least going to try, you know, they're not going to go down without a fight. And I think that that's, you know, as long as that is true and as long as that leadership is still intact, um, I think that there's always, uh, you know, the possibility that they can get into the playoffs and then, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, you right. see upsets all the time, not just within the past couple of seasons, but you know Columbus taking down Tampa Bay. Was that 2018, 2019 uh, in the mm-hmm. first round? I mean, yeah. you, you just never know what you're going to see. And so, I think that they can get there, especially you know in this division. You talk about Minnesota. I, I see them potentially taking a step back while still probably competing for the playoffs. Uh, and you know, I think the Stars can very well you know finish maybe top four, maybe slipping into that fifth spot in the Central. Okay. Uh,
0: You mentioned Robertson, and and I'm sure you've talked about him, you know, ad nauseum, on on several, almost probably daily for you. I would I would assume. What is (laughs) the holdup? Like, what is it? Is it money? Is it like what's he looking for? Because I'm looking at the the stars uh, cap front. It seems like they're in pretty good spot Um, with projected cap space. Is he looking for more than what they have remaining, which I'm seeing is like six point three.
2: Yeah, it, it's a combination of things. One, Jason Robertson is in two seasons has been really good, really, you know, 40 mm-hmm. goal score this past year. And, and I don't think a lot of it is the star's fault. I think if you want to point the finger at someone, you have to point the finger at these other teams signing these really talented young forwards. I actually <laughs> talked about this yeah. the other day with, with Seth that locked on wild that, you know, you look at Tim Stutzla in Ottawa, he signs eight by eight, even, you know, yeah. a day or two ago, or maybe I think it was yesterday, uh, Jordan Cairo signs, you know, an yeah. eight yeah. year deal with St. Louis uh tage thompson signs that massive deal with buffalo like every time one of these young forwards signs this big deal you have to imagine that jason robertson and his camp are like oh like we're better like jason's better than this player i think you could argue that robertson's better than all those players maybe kairu i would say maybe they're a little bit even or you anyway that makes it more difficult for the stars with that cap space um and and so 6.3 like you know good money for you know, your average, you know, talented NHL forward. But I think Jason Robertson has that potential to be an above-average, you know, franchise-type player. Uh, Kirill Prizov could also be thrown in that ring of, you know, talented forwards getting paid a lot, although I don't think Robertson will make $9 million, But if if he wants to get, you know, an 8 by 8 deal, the Stars are going to have to, you know, make some moves. You know, you, Anton Hudobin might have to be removed from the roster. A guy like Roddick Foxy might have to look to try to deal a guy like him. You would just have to make some sort of room uh, to add some adi- additional cap space for Jason Robertson. But I think that's you know the biggest part of it. There's also been the star's owner making some comments about not wanting to pay young players, which is also part of it. But I think at the end of the day, you look at all these other talented young NHL forwards signing these massive deals, and Robertson and, and you know his agent, his guy saying, Jason's better than these guys, so why should he not make as much, if not more money, than them?
0: So he was probably... Deliberately not signing, knowing like these other guys are going to get signed, and just banking on them cashing in, and it's worked to his advantage. And and you know it, he he might even be holding off more if there's any more out there, just so yeah. they can sign for something higher, and his value just keeps going up every time it happens. Yeah. Is, I, I is think it, he's. Is...
2: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Is, is is it conceivable to bridge him until Ben
2: and Sagan are out of Dallas? If I were to guess, and this has been my guess for a while now, I bet that that's what they're going to end up doing, um, because Mm. I I don't have still have any reason to believe, even though we are getting so close to training camp that he's going to go somewhere else. I I mean, I know he likes it here in Dallas. He likes playing Mm. with Pavelski and Ropey Hints, and you know he has a really good relationship with the team, and obviously the fans love him. I mean, we haven't had a goal scorer like him since Mike Badano or even you know a prime Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan. Mm. Um, So there's really no reason why he would want to leave. Um, and so I, I think he will eventually get some deals sorted out. It'll likely be some sort of bridge deal, um, but mm-hmm. it, you know, to be a fly on the wall in those rooms, meetings or phone calls with, with you know, the, the stars and then Jason Robertson's camp, because it happened with Jake Ottinger too. There was a little yep. bit of a holdout for him as well. Eventually that deal gets worked out pretty, you know, friendly for both sides for the team and the yeah. player. But Jason Robertson, I think is a little bit more valuable. Ottinger's great. I'm excited he's back, but Robertson, the Stars struggle to score goals. Robertson's a 40-goal scorer in his sophomore season. You've you got to have that guy on your roster if you want to compete. Hmm. I guess, you know, kind of
0: moving forward into to the season, um, you were talking about the Stars where they could finish. Um, and being maybe that doorstep team that, you know, they get some some good play from some good players. Maybe they can sneak in and, and grab that third spot in the division. When you have, like, a team like Dallas that is kind of on that verge, for me, like, I, I – maybe unfairly, like, I kind of turn to what's the goalie situation like? Because a lot of times that's what catapults you. Like, if you're if you're in that last week or last couple weeks of the season and then you're fighting for a spot, you look to the goalies to really step up. And in my opinion, what you guys – have, like, we both have – players that you know the opposition is going to hate going up against for a long time you know guys like kale mccarr it's going to suck for for other teams going up against guys like him and nathan mckinnon who should be around for another 10 years or so but for guys like us needing to go up against jake ottinger i mean what's his his contract is uh three more years um I hope he plays three years and gets the hell out of here because <laughs> he's like, honestly, like he, he is, he's, he's that good. And I think like, it was always that Vasilevsky was just up here and nobody could touch him. And now you have Shester kind of join him. And if you ask me, I feel like Ottinger's on, on that level, not on that level, but approaching that level. And there's more guys catching up to Vasilevsky around the league of standout goalies. And he's he is one of them. So how I was saying earlier in the show, I hate the fact that the Avalanche have these question marks in goal. How does it feel to not have that question mark with someone like Ondrej?
2: It's definitely a big help and like a you know a burden off of Stars fans' shoulders going into the season. And we've just been you know fortunate to have some outstanding goalie play the past handful of seasons. You know you go back to Ben Bishop back when he was still healthy and you know doing his thing Anton Hudobin in that run in 2020 in the bubble and and now Jake Ottinger who you know has come out and really asserted himself as a top 10 goalie in this league and a guy who's going to be looking to move up that list this season now being the number 1 guy in Dallas with Bishop now retired Hudobin coming off injury but even if he does play like who knows if he even cracks the roster because scott wedgwood is also around and you know was actually a really decent backup for this team down the stretch last year played in some crucial games to give ottinger some much needed rest much needed time off and it, it it's really good to have him back and he's 23 years old so he still has the majority of his career ahead of him and you know i i, I think that similar to robertson like i think he Hopefully, we'll want to stay in Dallas for longer. I know you said you you want him gone, and I imagine that's the case for <laughs> the other Central Division teams as well, um, just because yeah. he he always is able to rise to the occasion. Uh, I mean, I'm drawn back to that the last meeting between our teams. In Colorado, the Avs and Stars play, and I think they'd played two days before on like a Sunday, mm-hmm. and then they meet up on a Tuesday night, and it was like, I mean, we just got beat by the Avs at home, so we're probably going to lose to them in their building, and we won that game, the Stars, because of Jake Ottinger. Uh, You know, the offense didn't do great, but Ottinger was just lights out. And then, you know, he goes on in that series in Calgary um, and goes toe to toe with Jacob Markstrom, another one of the best goalies in the league, shutting down guys like Johnny Goudreau, uh, you know, Kachuk, uh, so on and so forth. I mean, it just unbelievable at age 23, the things he can do at the same time, incredibly humble, like, like knowing that even when he has a bad night, like he acknowledges that he's, you know, makes mistakes and that he has things to work on. uh, And, you know, he's set up for success. The Pete DeBoer is bringing in almost an entirely new coaching staff outside of the video coach and then the goalie coach Jeff Reese. So Ottinger is like still maintaining that relationship with him. Ben Bishop is still hanging around the organization, working with Ottinger, uh, you know, throughout the summer, keeping in t- contact with him. So the pieces are there around him for him to continue to get better and and have a good season and hopefully have a, a good you know next three years in Dallas, if not longer.
0: And I got to ask about, uh, what's the rumor mill for uh, the Dallas Stars reverse retro? What, what's it looking like for them, if you've heard anything?
2: I, I really haven't seen a lot. I know every, no. you know, first time they did reverse retro, it was like, bring back the Mooderists. We knew that wasn't going to happen. People are saying it again this time. I, I don't really know. I personally haven't seen too many leaks, and any of that I have don't seem legit because they just look like the last reverse retro, which... I thought was fine. It, it's like you're not going to get better than the actual jersey that that was inspired from from the, the Dallas Stars team. Uh, but we'll we'll see. I mean, green and black is a unique combination to the league, so we'll we'll see what I, I think. Adidas is still making them, or I know that they're eventually done. So we'll see what what they can. After do. this year, they're done. Yeah, so this is the know. last. Yeah, yeah. This is their swan song. Yeah, which means clearance jerseys in the future, allegedly. Yeah, Ooh, <laughs> I
1: like your thinking.
0: <laughs> So I'm looking at the the matchups between these two uh, over the course of the the season, and they got two games in November, um, the 21st in Dallas, and then that same week, uh, that's Saturday in Colorado. And then they don't meet up until later in the year. They they play March 4th, that's in Dallas, and then uh, towards the end of the year, April Fool's Day in Colorado. So – kind of spaced out too early in the season, too late in the season. Um, I know it's tough to predict this, but what are you think? Like uh, a, a split or how do how you think it's going to go between these
2: two? There's always good games. Always good games between the stars and the they, Yeah, they, they are always good games. I think realistically a split makes sense. And I think if one team is going to take that advantage and I think both teams at least win one. And then, you know, I think a split certainly in play, but I don't know. I mean, the Avalanche seemed primed to potentially win three out of the four, but the Stars also somehow won two last season. And I know the first one was in both. – two of those were in Dallas. One was in Colorado. And that first one, the Avs still hadn't hit their stride yet, and it was still a, a close competitive game. Um, and that was also – the Stars, I think that was like the third or second game in the seven-game win streak, so that was probably the hottest they were all season. Mm. And then, you know, the Avs not fully formed yet. Um but yeah, it's hard I, to predict. But I'm I'm always excited when when you know the two teams get together. The Avs don't play well
0: in Dallas. They you know they, they can win games in there, but it's usually like a one to nothing game. It, it, it's they that's that's like one of the places I don't look forward to the Avs going. Uh, not because I don't feel like they can't win. I just know it's just like for some reason they ju- they're just not on their game when they play in Dallas. I don't know what I, it is. is.
1: I was literally about to say, if it does end up being a split, I hope we do drop the two games in Dallas and it's only a one nothing game because you guys are not going to make me hate Pantera, but if I hear that goal <laughs> song one more time, I swear.
2: Oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, my computer is running slow. I think the, the second game was in Dallas, and if I'm not mistaken, it was on Super Bowl Sunday, and I think the Stars got shut out. I know yes. the ads won because yeah. I remember like having, right. I was like, and I think I was I I know they got shut out without looking because I was just like this is like I'm excited I, I'm a big football fan I was like I'm excited for the Super Bowl but the stars play first that's exciting and then they they just did at, like it was one of the worst games of the season but it ended <laughs> I, I think turned that it was off Texas and
1: blood that we had
2: for <laughs> yeah. our
0: sound check yeah uh, I remember that game yeah I forgot about that it was on it was, Super Bowl so yeah
2: I, it made I the Super Bowl one one more enjoyable games to know. <laughs> it, it, yeah I turned yeah. like game ended final buzzer turned it off and and drove to you know the Super Bowl yeah, party yeah. that I was meeting up with at my friends and was like, all right, I'm watching this from my, from my memory until I have to talk about it on Monday's episode. Oh, that's great. That's great. Good stuff.
0: All right. So there is our first uh, division. Well, maybe our second, cause we did the one with, uh, with, with uh, the black Jack Hawks. over at the black. Yeah. Hawks. yeah. Uh, so what, what are we thinking? Like uh, I, I think he's right with the stars. It could be that team that hovers. You just you just don't know, but you know I think it's I think it's okay to say like yeah with with you know a new coach so, you know some uh, fresh system, maybe they're a team that kind
1: of sneaks in. I made that poor guy doubt everything he knew about Dallas. I'm <laughs> like my goodness, like yeah. I like from what I've been seeing with Dallas, like they they are mimicking Minnesota from a couple of years ago, and if they could just navigate that and. Like, they have the contracts they need to work out. If they could just navigate that, yeah, they might be knocking on the door and upsetting somebody. They do it to the avalanche every time they go to Dallas. So mm-hmm. if they could just string that together and get it figured out, this could be a dangerous team. But what you see right now is just show me something.
0: Yeah. And I wasn't just being nice to him because we were doing a crossword. Like, I got all the respect in the world for, for Jake Ottinger. I think yeah. he's he's going to be a nightmare To go up against for the Avalanche for for years to come, and I was dead serious when I said I hope he's gone (laughs) after this contract is up, Uh, which I don't know if he can be. Let me bring that up. Twenty three. I still have nightmares. No, he won't be because it'll be twenty six when that contract is up. So, Mm. darn it, he's going to be around for a long time. Uh, But. It's what makes the games fun. It shouldn't be easy. It should not be easy. And he's not going to make it easy for that. Just like we're not going to make it easy for him. So, um, all right, everybody. That's going to wrap it up for today. Um, hope you guys enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next week. Uh, who should who should we reach out to? Who do you want to do a crossover with next week? Let's, Seth. Want
1: to get Seth in the wild, or should we say that? Let's talk to the wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've got some questions.
0: Okay, we'll reach out to Seth and see if we can uh, hook up for a uh, crossover with the our wonderful friends over at the Minnesota Wild. Uh, but yeah, enjoy the weekend, guys! Thank you for making this your first listen of today. It's obviously always appreciated. Until next week, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. See you guys later.
2: Go, Abs, go.